right. Welcome back to the Act Two podcast. I am Josh Hallman. I'm Tasha Hugh. And today we're talking about spec scripts. We are. What does the spec process look like? We're going to get into the nitty gritty of what it means to write one, what you do once you're done with it. Um, we're just going to walk you through that whole process. Yeah, it's a great what process. A spec is. It's a horrifying process. <laughs> I love the process. Uh, and I'm much more spec focused, I feel. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I actually love specs. That's, yeah, that's Josh's jam. He His career is about writing specs. <laughs> and um, it's interesting. I mean, like, as the, the reason why I'm laughing is because you'll see in this process, it's just like such, it's a, it's a, I mean, all writing is grueling, but I feel like the spec world in particular is particularly grueling because it's just you. Um, it's just you writing a script on your own. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's lonely the, and sad. No. <laughs> by the well, end first, of this. First, um, let's talk about what a spec is to begin with. Yeah. So a spec is short for speculation. I mean, it's it's something that journalists have done for a long time, for example. It just means you're writing something without being paid for it, and you're speculating, you're guessing that someone will buy it when you're done. Yeah. Um, so that's what a spec is in the screenplay world, right? You just have an idea and you're like I'm gonna go do this and you have no hope of getting paid until it's done and maybe not even then and I, I would think that if you were a writer starting out everyone I mean like there you would have to be an anomaly not to have a spec right because <laughs> basically when you're in college or you're coming up in the business you're not getting jobs so right. the only thing you can do is write an original piece of material for no money yeah so at some point in everyone's writing life you have a spec Yes. Uh, and of course, there's writers, maybe like yourself included, who start, you write a spec and then like you just stop because you're just working. Yeah, rub, rub it in, Josh. Thanks. No, it's <laughs> great because you're just working so much. You know, it's like you go from one job to the next to the next. So it's like uh, there's no time for a spec. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to talk about our different sort of processes and why you're more sort of spec focused and why I can't seem to finish a spec. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, but before we get into that, let's talk about too, like clarifying the difference between what a spec is in TV and then what a spec is in the feature screenwriting world, because it's actually very different. Um, and I coming up in the business, you always hear, um, at least at, at my age, but I've, I've talked to kids who, um, kids, oh my God, um, people <laughs> like college students. Jesus. I know we're not that old. I don't know why I said that college students who have, have experienced the same thing where their, their teachers are encouraging them to write specs, um, for TV. And what that means for them is to write an episode of television that's already on air. So for me, like when I was coming up, I wrote a walking dead episode just as a sample. And that was a spec for TV, which is not the same thing as what we're going to be talking about today, which is a spec for features, which is a completely original thing. It's not based on anything. You're, you're not trying to show that you can write for a particular TV show. You, it's absolutely and utterly original page one. Yeah. I don't know if people still do that. I might be totally wrong about it. I think it's completely phased out now. Yeah. Um, except for uh, like 
fellowships or yeah. certain contests want to see that you can write uh, like TV particular contests want to see that you can write for um, one of their shows. For example, like I had a friend who applied for the, I believe it was the Fox TV writing program. And one of the requirements was not only an original pilot, but also a spec of one of their shows. So it's still out there, but I would say focus way less on that than writing something original. Cause that's what people care about most. Yeah. I remember it was like six, like six years ago, I took uh, I was taking uh, classes at U, uh, UCLA, and it was for television writing. And it was th- like the the professor had said basically it was like these are like done. Like we're we're at the f- the tail end of writing specs for definitely network TV, like all these different uh, uh, shows. And he was like, you know, but it's still still worth doing to see if you can you know fit the jokes and how many jokes you can fit on a page and et yeah. cetera, et cetera. So it is an interesting uh, sort of homework lesson I think because because it does teach you form because you're you know for me Walking Dead it's a really obviously well done show it's extremely successful so to have to break down the show to see where structurally things are lining up and where characters are developing and how much time are given to these characters so that you can then write a spec for that was actually a really interesting process that taught me a lot but it's not going to be valuable in terms don't think that putting in that time to create a spec for TV um, is going to then get you a job I think the the thing that's going to get you the job is going to be an original either pilot or feature definitely 100 percent. all right so now that we got that out of the way <laughs> the definition of what a spec is i want to talk about specifically about josh's most recent spec process it let me just rewind about the definition of a spec although you did a great job summing <laughs> it up i feel like it's just like you just write some shit on your own because you're confident in it that would be my ex- my definition of a spec. That's true. Although that's probably actually why a lot of my specs sort of die <laughs> midway through is <laughs> because uh, it doesn't often come from a place of like, I'm so fired up that I need to write this. It comes yeah. from a place of like, I'm sort of writing for my life. I need to get that next spec script out. Yeah. And I need to like, oh, like what what is everyone looking for now? Let me try to write that thing that everyone's looking for versus oh my God, I just had this amazing dream that I woke up and I had this great idea. Now I have to write that. Um, so coming from those two places is actually, it creates a very different process, I think. Definitely. And well, I don't want to jump ahead because I know we're going to get into <laughs> this, but uh, myself, a lot of other people I know, you, you go down that road where you start writing the spec and you're like, I like this. And then like two weeks later, you're like, this is garbage. Like how many scripts did you have incomplete on your on your like computer somewhere. No comment. No comment. All right. Yeah. Let's jump (laughs) into these topics. (laughs) All right. So let's just start the very basic. When you write your specs, do you outline? All right. So yes, to a certain extent, uh, I'm going to dive into a very long winded answer here. So when I write specs, when nobody knows I'm writing it except for me, it's not as an extensive outline. So recently, I wrote a spec that you read and it was just, I got the idea and I was like, this seems really great. And I had a general idea of what the beginning was, what the end was, what happens in the middle. Like I knew the major beats of it and I was like, I'm just going to go and just write it. And I I happened to write it in probably the fastest I had written any spec that I've ever written. Which is how long? It was like two weeks, like 10 days. That's impressive. And then um, I just spit it out and I felt good about it. And I also, for me, I look at, I guess there's the term the vomit draft, but like I look at your first draft as 
like almost like an extensive outline. That's mm-hmm. how I look at it, where I'm like, okay, I have no problem blowing this all up and uh, just kind of reworking whatever's there in the first draft. So that's when I'm working on it by myself. My agent doesn't know. My manager doesn't know. I'm just doing this because I'm so in love with an idea. I'm going. Yeah. Then there's the spec where, which I'm doing right now, where I'm working with my manager on something where we talked, we had this idea. It took a long time to kind of smooth out an idea that uh, wasn't so much from a place of passion. Like it started as like, oh, this would be really cool. And then we kind of tailored it more to... um, uh, you know, something that people might want. Now, is this your idea that you had? Like, hey, manager, this would be super cool. And then you started collaborating on it? Or was it his idea? Yeah, so it turned out that I said, hey, I have this idea that I really, really enjoy. Like, this is what it is. Um, actually, no, let me rewind. I took, I, I sent him some ideas that I, that I really liked. And he kind of clung to one of them. He's like, oh, that's pretty cool. And that idea actually evolved into what it is now. Gotcha. Unfortunately, I wish we could get like into more specifics about it, but, um, but yeah, so it started as one thing and then he kind of comes in and John being my manager and John just kind of morphs it into something else. And he's not, he's very good in the developmental areas. Not like do this, do this. It's more like, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And, uh, yeah, it gets to like a whole different place. So you come in with a list of ideas. He sort of narrows in on one he thinks, A, would be good for the world at large, like something you could sell, and B, would be good for you in particular. Yeah. And then you guys just start having meetings of like, he's just asking questions. And I like that that's the development process is like, hey, what do you think about if you did this within? What if yeah. you did this within? And suddenly it just opens up your original idea and it starts to become something else, right? That's yeah. kind of what you're saying? Totally. Okay, and, that's interesting. And what's interesting with uh, specs and what I love is that, and this idea in particular is, a lot of the things that I had been writing, uh, it, it's always, it's not paint by numbers by any stretch, but there wasn't like, it wasn't like some complex plot or anything like that. You could, you know, I was working in like the action comedy world or like that, if that's what I'm dealing with, you kind of know what you're getting. And the spec that I'm working on is different. And we specifically set out to write something different. Mm. And the beauty of specs is like you can go in and just write some crazy ass stuff. And uh, it can be, it's your own thing. It's your own voice. It's your own ideas. It's kind of like your own path of how to get from A to B. Yeah. And I love that. That is the beauty of specs. I do feel like as a writer, you can just completely transform your career by just coming out with a new idea a new spec i mean jordan peele is the perfect example stuck in comedy for a long time suddenly writes this amazing horror and it just comes out of nowhere and i think people in the executive producer realm they sort of start to feel like you're a writer who just does this like you're saying like you write these action comedies and i feel like the world at large who's read your stuff is like oh josh is that action comedy guy and now you're writing something that's a little bit more edgy a little bit more kind of horror thriller even right and so like that's just interesting that you can completely repaint who you are as a writer which i don't think it's as easy for other people in our business to repaint it yeah so you're like aching to find something different definitely that's cool i like that i like that you're sort of restarting a little bit yeah you want to do but i love action comedies so for (laughs) because so this is interesting you're you're working on two specs right now one is sort of a secret spec yeah. And one is not so secret now. Yeah. Um, and the other one is something you're developing with your manager. So I kind of want to talk about both of those. So you have an extensive outline with the spec with your manager. Yeah. Did you have a beat 
sheet for your secret one? Was it just bullet points? Oh, I did. I for my secret one, beat sheet for me. Okay. Um, which by the way, I had heard of like that. This was sort of actually the first time that I had really done this before. Where I was like, oh, I'll figure this out as I write. I'll figure this out, and it was actually really great. And it almost changed my perspective on writing because there are certain things that you just can't anticipate when you write, yeah. but then you can kind of just explore new things. And when you're writing a spec without much of an outline, I would still always recommend an outline. I at had least a beat sheet, at least a beat sheet, which definitely. is just what, like a, for you, it's just a, is a bullet point list of like yeah. scenes basically. No, it was much more. It was less than that. It was just like major emotional things that I wanted to hit at certain points or plot points as well. Like, okay, uh, this is what I want to have happen midway through the script. This is where I wanted to finish. I knew that there were certain characters who were going to deceive other characters and this is when I want that to happen. So like it was just kind of, oh, it was there. Mm -hmm. It was like a puzzle that wasn't put together, but like it was, it was, it was like separated. Yeah. And you just put all the pieces together. I've heard people do different kinds of outline slash beat sheets at this stage where they'll do literally like bullet pointed list mm -hmm. um and then you know maybe divide it by act one act two midpoint they'll have like those markers and then in between sometimes they'll do like prose writing just like paragraphs of stuff Definitely. and dialogue in there as well so is that something that you did too or was it even more cursory than that uh a i mean like I'll, I'll put in maybe some dialogue or something if i think of Oh, this should be in it. And you just kind of like insert it under where, you know, something happens. Yeah. And then for Crazy, your outline yeah. for your manager, yeah. it was like every scene was in there. Very extensive. Every single scene, uh, emotional arcs per scene, what we're trying to go for in each scene. And it, it in fact, and I love it because I just kind of revert back to it whenever I would like, as I'm writing it now, I just look at it. I'm like, okay, this is where we're going. This is, and there's dialogue in it. There's some dialogue I just pull from the outline and put it into the uh, script. But what's interesting is in the, in the outline, I'm finding that there's like, it, it's too bulky. Like there's, I'm all, I'm like extracting things or like condensing the outline and putting it in, or and then making it into my script. So where I had two or three scenes, I'm just con condensing that into one scene. Right. So your outline had too many beats almost. Yeah. And then as you're writing, you realize you don't really need them. Totally. And yeah, that's what's I interesting like that about, about it. With with outlines, that like, it's harder to see the picture. I think when you have the outline, because sometimes you're like, oh, okay, this this is, and then you start writing the scene, and the scene just drags on, and you're like, this is so pointless. This just happened in the previous scene. Yeah, it is interesting to me. I always feel like the outline is one like a separate skill from actually writing a screenplay. Yeah, and then two, it it is a whole other process. And I think like some of the fun stuff for me is when, as you're talking about, like, there's so many beats and then, oh, it starts to become too many. And you realize like one small scene will accomplish like three different beats in your outline. Yeah. And that's always really interesting and something you can never predict, which is the beauty and horror of writing. <laughs> yeah. It's terrifying. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so how long would you say it usually takes you to write, let's say the outline you're doing with your manager? How long did that take? Well, uh, my manager has a very interesting, specific way of working this is how this was described to me by our mutual friend, Sabeti. He once told me, he was like, I write act by act. Like he makes sure the first act is polished, the second act is polished before he even moves on to the next act because he described it as like a sniper who's shooting a target from a thousand yards away. And if you're even off of like a fraction of a centimeter, the bullet's going to miss the target by five feet. That's such a good metaphor. So, 
Yeah, and, and that has always stuck with me, and that's similar to how my manager, John, works, where even when we're outlining, he'll be like, get me the first act outline. Like, outline the first act and give it to me. And then we work on it, like, we hone it, we trim it down. Okay, great, now give me the second act. Give me the, you know, uh, act 2B or whatever, and then give me the third act. And he's also similar to that when uh, we're writing as well. And, you know, it's it's I love it because it, I mean, it's got its pros and cons, but... Uh, yeah, so in our process, we just kind of hone it down act by act. So let's, can we talk about what those pros and cons are? Sure. We can start with the pros. Uh, I guess the pros are you don't have that fear of not having anything. Yeah. If that makes sense. Gotcha. And you have a path. You're like, wow, I've been, because I've written things. I don't know if, you know, you're like, wow, I've been just kind of walking here. This is like a linear line. There's nothing happening with my characters or anything. They're just talking. Why are they talking? What the hell are they talking about? Whereas yeah. with the outline, you're like, okay, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. This is where this scene is going on to the next thing. Right. It gives you a, an outline. Right. <laughs> so then what is the con of doing it like act by act like that? I think the con are sometimes things change and you don't realize it's changed until you've written the script. Right. And so all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a minute, what if this happened? That would be awesome. But then it has that, you know, you pull the, spring, uh, the string and it has that unraveling effect where you now have to go back and change things in the first act. And you're like, oh my God, this is away from the outline. Yeah. Which is That's terrifying. how I feel. Like I often want to send people, like I have a producer I'm working with or someone, my manager even, that first opening or something of my script. But I'm yeah. always so hesitant because I know that whatever that opening is, it's setting up something that's going to happen in act two. And unless you have that like one, two beat yeah. where you're reading the opening and then it's like hammering home in act two, you're not going to really understand what I'm going for. And so I'm worried that I'm going to get notes on something that, yeah. Oh, you'll understand later. So that's what I, why I hesitate to do like act by act, but you're saying that it like gives you this really great sort of foundation to keep building and also just forces you to get act one yeah. really down on a piece of paper, which is always good. <laughs> I'm very, I'm, 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 I'm conflicted about it. I, I don't know. I don't know why I fight it. I just fight it because I just want to write. Well, sometimes I think your brain just doesn't work that way. And every script is going to be different and every writer is going to be different. But some people can't think in like, here's my act two. I'm done with that now. Or here's my act one, rather. I'm done with that now. Now I'm going to work on act two. Like for me, it's usually very fluid. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel sort of hemmed in when I'm just working on act one and have to send that away to someone for that, approval. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, I get very excited about things. Like if I'm writing, I'm like, oh, I'm going to keep going. And then yeah. to stop... It just kind of kills the momentum. Exactly. Like, oh, I agree God. with that. Yeah. But I can see the pro and con I, for sure. Yeah. Just kind of depends on how you like to work. Yeah, it does. Um, so during the outline phase, you could be working on your own or you could be working with a manager. Do you also, would you work with like friends or our writer's group, for example, in that process? Or do you prefer to get your outline out and then give that to your writer's group once it's done? Uh, yeah, I've sent you guys outlines of things. Or I, I've just put things on you where I'm like, hey, I wrote this. Take That's a true. We've definitely had outlines from everybody in the group where it's like half an outline. Yeah. And then the last line is like, I don't know what's going to happen next. I need help on this. Yeah. I've had outlines that I've sent you guys where I've just stopped working on it because like I've gotten notes back and I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just done. I'm out. And Outline that's when you know so you don't horrible. love a spec though. If, if like you can be swayed that easily, in my opinion. That's true. That has happened. Yeah. Where For it, you in particular, I feel like. 
Oh, I have to. We'll talk about it in group. You're like, you're right. That's a bad idea. I don't want to do it. Yeah, I'm out. And like, I'll just check out when I'm getting notes because I'm like, I'm not even going to work on this. What a waste of everyone's time. (laughs) Next. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So you finished the outline phase. What do you do now? Finish the outline. I start writing. That's it. That's it. That's it. You're writing your first draft. Are you writing it? Let's let's talk about the one you're doing with your manager first. Are you writing it? with him then? Like, are you checking in with him every week? Are you just going to write your first act and send it into him? Or are you going to write all three acts and send it into him? In this case, because we're working so closely, I'm I'm writing the uh, first act and I'm going to send it to him. Okay. To make sure we're on the right track. And then you're going to wait, get his notes before going on to act two. Yeah. Gotcha. Do you prefer to do just what we call a vomit draft, which is just getting it out on the page, which is what you're talking about with your secret spec. You just kind yeah. of basically went for it. Yeah. Um, do you prefer doing that or it has its pros and cons? It has its <laughs> pros and cons. And I, I hope it's not like, I hope we haven't confused things with the, the super secret spec and then like the manager spec. Well, I like that. It, it definitely highlights both ways that you can write a yeah. spec in this business. So, um, yeah, I like the vomit draft. I do feel there's a little bit more pressure to not have a vomit draft when you have such an extensive outline. Definitely. Because it's like, uh, there's you know, no excuse for you to have a vomit draft at that stage. It's right. Like, <laughs> it's almost like the outline is like your vomit draft in a yeah. sense. Right. Cause, yeah. Cause That's my outline point. currently for the manager spec is it's like 35 pages. Oh which dang. Is, That's a treatment. It's a, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess yeah. it is. I think that's long, right? Yeah, I don't that's even really know. Long. Yeah. I guess that, it's been one of the longest things I've written. Yeah. That's definitely comprehensive. Um, so how long would you say it takes you to write your first draft? So usually, obviously it's going to take you longer than two weeks unless for your passion projects, do you tend to write it that quickly? Passion project. Yeah. Just spewed out. This is, there's only been a few times in my passion world where I've been like, I'm going to write this quickly. I'm going to write where it's just like, you need to get it out. And, uh, the super secret project was one of them. And that's what I'm just going to start calling it Yeah, now. super secret project. Super secret spec. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, so that was one of them. And then with the manager spec, for instance, I just finished the first act and it was a week. Okay. Are you going to revise act one first before moving on to two? I think so. Gotcha. Yeah. This is what I'm going to do. I may or may not have my writer's group read it, then revise it and then send it to them. Act one. Yes. Okay. So you'll do act one again. Oh yeah. Before moving on to act two. Yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) It is. So judgmental. It's so interesting to hear other people's processes, processes. Um, I'm so curious. Yeah. I guess I don't know how other people work on specs. Well, my process. So the spec that I'm working on now that I'm trying to finish, I started in the holiday season of last year. And it was a super secret passion project of mine as well. Yeah. Um, And I was so excited by it. During the holidays, I basically just like woke up super early before everyone in the house and just took myself to a cafe. And I wrote it in probably two weeks as well. Let me say I remember that because I remember checking in with you and you'd be like, I wrote 36 pages. Like, what? What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) Like, I wrote 36 pages from eight to five today. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) And I love that feeling. It's so amazing. Yeah. But the first draft is not the best draft. Like, there's a lot of stuff in there that I love, but I sent to my manager (laughs) and she was like, basically, the core of it isn't working. So reassess the core theme. (laughs) The core. um, Which is the the worst note you can get because it just unravels so much. But so it 
cut to, you know, we're almost in the holiday season now yeah. and it's still not done. So, um, that's my process. <laughs> so, and, and I know we're in the process conversation of this podcast, but let me say a great time to write a spec is the holiday season. It's true. Because everything shuts down between, uh, you know, November to January and then, you know, November, Thanksgiving, then Christmas and then Sundance. And so if you're a writer and you don't have anything to do, this is like the greatest time. Because yeah. sometimes you walk around with that anxiety where you're like, what? I'm missing out on stuff. But like the industry just kind of shuts down. Completely shuts down. Yeah. Now's the perfect time to start writing a spec. Yeah. Guess what you're going to do Slash over this holiday season. Spec. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna break, break back out the passion spec. Yep. This holiday season. All right. Um, back onto the our outline of yes. the, the spec talk. So you kind of, yeah. So you're not really sticking to an outline for your super secret one, but you really are for your other one. So that, yeah. that's always interesting. And of course, like allowing for change is a big thing. I think when you start to see changes happening from outline to script, it's okay. Yeah. I think some, some people tend to get scared that they're, wavering from the outline because the outline seems so clean and so clear and then you write it and you're like no 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 I'm just I'm messing it up yeah. but I don't think that's true do you feel like and you're wandering on this project with your manager that it's actually positive wandering I think so I think it's all any of that wandering is positive like especially when you're exploring anything and that's that's what's interesting about specs is like because it's your idea it's your baby you're like this is it. This is what it is. And I, I know firsthand this has happened to me and I have friends who recently this happened with where he's written a spec and he was like, this is it. Done. Like, I am done. And then he sent it to me, sent it to his uh, reps and they come back with notes and he's like, really uh, like takes it very personally and he gets very offended by the notes as if they don't understand. Hmm. And uh, and then he changes it, becomes better, you know, and and. I think with with specs, it's really important to be very open minded and collaborative. It's true, it is, and it is like very like I remember giving my super secret spec from last last holiday season to you guys for writers group for the first time, and like when you didn't love it, like without you, when you had like a single note, I was just like, oh my god, I'm gonna break down. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was perfect. <laughs> Just start crying, yeah. like the Lion King. All oh right. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, so now your first draft is done. What are you doing now with your first draft of your spec? I'm going to separate these. We have super secret spec, and then we have manager spec. And let's talk about manager spec and the past of what's happened with that. Okay. Right? Don't you think that's the better route to go? Go for it. Okay. Well, what I'll tell you what will happen is once it's done with the first act, we will then send it uh, probably to my agent. You mean the first draft? I'm sorry, the first draft, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll send it to my agent. We'll have him take a read. Then it's deciding where, whether or not we're going to try to sell it or package it. Right. Two very different options. Yeah. So um, does your agent know that you're working on this with your manager? or He does. Oh, he does. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he's uh, aware this is coming down the pipeline. I mean, he's aware. I don't know how often he's thinking about it. Right. <laughs> it's sort of a get it to me when you're done situation. Yeah. And then I'll check it out then. Right. Yeah. Okay. I could probably tell him, like, talk to him about it. And he'd be like, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you working on? Oh, right. All oh, right. That thing. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> okay. All right. So your first draft, you're not going to share it with writer's group, your manager um, spec. I am sharing it with writer's group. Okay. 
If you're sharing that with writers group, you're going to take our notes into consideration, obviously, because they're so good and important. Take your notes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I always give my drafts to writers group. Yeah. Um, That's just a good, because managers, agents, even producers, they're not creative writing people. You're going to get different (laughs) notes than if you give it to writers group, who's full of other writers who can just also like help you when you have questions in ways that I don't think anyone else on that list could help you with. So I think writers group is always an important first step after your draft. Definitely. If you have a writers group, show it to your writers group. Agree. Um, we can, I can't wait for like the podcast when we talk about writers group. It's going to make me really happy. Oh man. We love our writers group so much. <laughs> She's, we're probably going to break up. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So your manager's decided your first draft is ready. Yeah. It's taken you maybe a couple months to yep. write it and get it to that great place. You turn it into your agent. Are you then going to get a batch of notes from your agent? Like he, always pretty he much? He usually has minor notes. It's rare he has massive, massive notes. Okay. So it's like, is it like a line note? Like this dialogue is not working or? Sometimes, but other times it's like, yeah, it's a little bit more than this line isn't working, but it's not like this second act isn't working. Gotcha. I will say I have given my, I've sprung uh, a spec on my agent before and he was like, nope, I can't do anything with this. Okay, so he'll tell you. He'll tell me. <laughs> this yeah. is not working. Yeah. Will he tell you why it's not working, or is he just like, I can't sell this? Uh, no, he'll tell me. Yeah. Okay. He'll give me some reasons that... But they're not notes, it sounds like. It's just like, this isn't working, therefore I can't sell it. It's not like, it, make these changes, and then we can sell it. Yeah, I think... But I, I also... I mean, it's gone both ways, where I've given him things where he's like, make these changes, and I think we're good to go. Okay. And then, and then also where he's like, I can't do anything with this. Interesting. God. Yeah, that's a, that's another topic for another. That's another uh, another episode that's another, because yeah, yeah, your relationship with your agent is always really interesting. Yeah, and how you get stuff done. Um, yeah, my my agents also have very different kinds of notes on my projects and my manager. So yeah, my manager will be like, "Oh, that two's not working. Here's how maybe we can make it work so it lands the emotions land better." Whereas my agents usually are like, uh, "I'm confused." Yeah. Or I, I don't get why this is happening here. Yeah. And they don't have a solution necessarily. They just, they're good at like, okay, they just don't get this part. And how do I fix that? And then I go to my manager and we talk about how to fix it. Yeah. Um, but agents are good for sort of those basic notes. You know, and I'll, I will say it's always good to have your manager, like to have someone in your corner. Yeah. And in, especially when you're developing a spec with someone or your manager. Uh, in this case, it's like, it's so good to have someone go to bat for you. So you don't have to go to bat for yourself yeah. because it just, it's like such a relief that you don't have to like, I mean, at that point you're so exhausted from yeah, having so. written this thing. Yeah. <laughs> just someone please take the reins for a second. Yeah, that's true. So who decides that your spec is ready to go out into the world? Is it going to be your agent or is it going to be your manager and your agent together? In this, I mean, for me, it's pretty much the agent because in my case, when we give it to my agent, it's done in the eyes of myself and my manager. Right. So gotcha. it's, it's like, we're good. Here we go. Um, and I, I've had my manager push back on notes from my agent before and I found out afterward and he told me about it. And, That's and great. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, it's not like the agent's the end all be all, but it's, we're going to him because now it's a collaborative effort between my agent and my manager to take the spec out into the world. Yes. Gotcha. All right, cool. 
okay, so now everyone on your team's agreed. Yeah. This script is great. We're going to go out with it. It's so great. We love Josh so much. <laughs> We're so grateful for him. What has hap- What happens now in your experience? Because you recently actually went out with a spec. When yeah. Was it? was it earlier this year or last year? It was earlier this year. Okay, earlier this year. So kind of walk us through what that process looked like for you. So producers get territories. Yes, producers get territories. Yes, yeah, so the agent manager essentially go out to producers to take it into separate territories. Which means studio. So you wanted to sell your script. What kind of, what genre was your spec? It was a freaking action comedy. Of obviously. obviously. What are you talking about? <laughs> so basically what your agent would have done at that stage is find territories for your script, which means find a producer who can then take it into Universal as one territory yeah. or Sony as one territory. Fox is another one, right? These big studios who will then buy your spec and hopefully make it someday. But you can't just, for example, like send your script to all the producers who are under Universal's banner because that wouldn't make any sense, right? Suddenly they're getting the same exact spec from everybody. So like the way that I understand territories is like you have, let's let's just stick with Universal because I work there. So I understand a little bit more from their end. Um, They have producers that they love and they trust. So producers that have made them millions upon millions of dollars. And like a good example would be Chris Morgan, he's written like all the Fast and Furious movies. Um, he's made them a gajillion dollars. They know that this guy is a sure bet. So they offer Chris Morgan a deal. Mm-hmm. And that means that he actually has his office on the Universal lot in this case. And I'm not sure what his exact deal is, but typically it's a first look deal for those producers. And what that means is when they get a spec from Josh or someone else like him, they are obligated to give Universal the first look at that script. Yeah. So that's great for Universal. It's also great for the producer because now they have a real sure chance of possibly getting their script made. But let's say Universal doesn't like it. They have something else that's just like Josh's action comedy. So they pass on it. Now this producer can take your script out to other places. Um, So when you're saying like your agent is like, hey, here's a list of the places we're going. He's already done that work. He's already been like, who are the, the right producers for each studio yeah. for your script, basically? Yeah, it's taken me. it took me a long time to figure this out because I remember when we were taking something out. What I mean by that is we were take, trying to sell a script. Like one of my first specs, I remember it was, it was going out and I got an email from like a manager at the time. This is now going back a few years. And they were like, we're out with your spec. I'm like, great. What does that mean? Like, and I didn't want to, I was like afraid to ask that. And it was like, we're so-and-so is taking it into this territory. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. I have literally no idea what it means. And I don't think you, like, there's no opportunity for you to learn that, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's no, you're not taught that in school. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, And you sort of just pick it up as you go and no one explains it to you. Nobody. (laughs) I bet like even my, my, yeah, my agents and, all my reps, they continually talk very quickly about business stuff and I'm just expected to understand. And for the most part, I just kind of nod and smile and then Google things afterwards. (laughs) What does territory mean? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But Uh, yeah, you're not taught that stuff. So it's good that we're sort of talking about it now and sort of learning what you learned in that process because you were just sort of thrown into it. Yeah. Right? Like earlier this year when you went out with your spec... It was like, just, did they send you just an email with, here's everyone under each studio that we're going to? And it wasn't like, hey, what's your opinion on this? It was like, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. To be honest, I'm at, I, I get to the point where I'm like, I don't even really want to know. I'm just like, let me know when something happens. Yeah. Because I assume that if 
nothing's happening. It's really, really bad news. <laughs> and, uh, and so, um, you know, I can ask my manager, I'll be like, what are we doing? Like what, obviously I'll say, what's the plan? We'll kind of like talk about, all right, we're going to send it to this producer, this producer. I'm like, okay, cool. And then have you ever been like, I don't think that that producer is the right fit. I've for never said that. this situation. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> you guys got this. I can tell. Yeah, it is. It, Cause honestly, towards the end of the spec process, you're so exhausted and you're like, I'm done. I just, I just want like, do your thing. Yeah. That's um, what you're paid for. But it is important to trust your reps in this, you know, and I, and I, and I really do. I really trust like my manager, like where they're not half-assing something. And, uh, it's like, it's very important to have that trust in them because, and we talked about this in a previous episode, it's like, they're the gatekeeper, like in a sense. And so I can't, I can't call the producers they can call all the, you know, all their producers and say, Hey, read this. Yeah. You know, their job is to make those connections for you. Yes. Yeah. Can we talk about that one time? Oh God. (laughs) And it was, I can't remember if it was this spec earlier this year or from last year where you actually had a friend who was a producer that you played tennis with. Yeah. Who you mentioned the spec to. Yeah. She wanted to read it and she got super excited by it, ended up calling your agent, right? Yeah. And your agent was like, oh shit. (laughs) Like that wasn't the producer we intended to go to. Yeah. That was my bad. Can you talk about like what that process looked like? Because I think it's interesting that your agent sort of had a plan. Right. And had this idea for what was right for your script and what wasn't. Because that producer is a great is a great producer, remains a great producer. Yeah. Uh, at Sony, I believe. Yeah. Well, yeah. So what happened was basically a friend of mine or an acquaintance of mine found out that I had written a script because she caught wind of it and then it didn't get submitted to her. And she was like, why didn't you submit it to me? And I was like, I don't know. Like, cause I, it's cause like, again, to, you like, you cut it off at that process, right? You give it to your agent and you're like, it's their yeah. job to submit it. But at the same time, I mean, how absurd would it have sounded if I called my agent? And I was like, Hey, by the way, I play tennis with this one producer. Here's a heads up. I guess it doesn't sound that absurd now that I'm even talking. No, I feel it. like that's how it, a lot of this stuff happens. Yeah, God dang. But yeah, there was actually two, two different producers that happened with that, okay. I, that I just happened to play tennis with. And they were like, Josh, what are you doing? Like, why wouldn't you tell us about this? And I was like, I don't know. I was just tired. I didn't want to, like, <laughs> we play tennis. I'm not here to talk about business. Yeah. Like, I want to just play tennis. <laughs> Still and, recovering from having written this thing. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, but uh, yeah, so that can happen. So I guess the the lesson from there is like, if you have a producer who's a friend, then uh, you should definitely let your reps know about it. Yeah, yeah, at least I guess in the sort of planning, strategizing phase. Yeah. And they can tell you like, oh no, that I, I'm. Gr- it's great you have that relationship, but they're not the right person for your script and this yeah. is why. Because that's another thing too is you might have a producer who's interested, but are they the right person? A, like do they have enough clout at the studio yeah. to get your script seen by the people who need to see it to buy it? And B, are they going to be the right fit sort of is your script the right wheelhouse for them so there are two things to consider and i guess like your reps felt that she maybe wasn't the best representation for this particular script yeah maybe yeah oh it's interesting it's interesting to think about like what's right and wrong for your spec because i think it's so easy to just be like oh my god someone likes it like someone wants to do something with it like let's just go there immediately um rather than taking a step back and being like actually what's best for this particular story. And you know, what's interesting about this is I ended up doing a general with her, mm-hmm. um, which was outside of tennis world. So now I go to her office and then, uh, that's the spec we're talking about didn't sell. And what ended up happening was like, we sat down and she was like, 
oh yeah, so congratulations, who bought it? And it was like the <laughs> worst feeling that could have ever, I was like, well, uh, nobody, it's still kicking around. Uh, like, uh, it's such a bad feeling. That happened, it, well, this in particular spec, it was like everyone would say that, oh, who ended up buying it? And it was just really uh, soul crushing. Yeah, I mean, that means though that they just assumed someone would because it was so good. <laughs> oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> It was just so good. They were just it's like, so good that no one bought it. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so earlier you mentioned the word packaging. So yes. you said that when you sent it to your, I think you said when you sent it to your agent, that's when the packaging conversation started happening. Yeah. So what did that look like for you in this last round? So um, what does it look like? It's like, hey, we're going out to a couple actors or actresses to get attached and if they become attached it gives the project a bit more clout mm -hmm. and so it, what's happened in the past is that yeah it's like can we get so-and-so attached to it and uh, if they want to come on board then great it gives your spec a lot more uh it's much more appealing yeah so your, your agent didn't even want to send it to producers until you had this an actress attachment. Well, so my understanding is there's basically different kinds of specs. Like in my case, I'm writing these borderline high concepty type things. And those don't really require as much of the pack. We're not in the packaging world as much as let's say, I'm going to throw this out there. I don't know what the hell happened. It's like a quiet place. Let's just say mm -hmm. like it, I, which might've sold as a spec. I have literally no idea. I'm just saying this because like something that's maybe a little bit more low budget and harder to wrap your head around uh, upon hearing the concept at first. I think those require a little bit more in the packaging world. Yeah. I think. Like that's kind of what's been described to me. I definitely can see that, right? Because you're trying to sell it and someone's like, I don't quite understand. There's no dialogue in this quiet place yeah. thing. How's that going to work? And you're like, oh, no, no, we have John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Oh, okay. Now yeah. I get what that looks like. And, I, and like I said, that spec could have sold for Yeah, I actually don't know how I have quiet no place idea. sold. <laughs> but no, there are definitely, you know, there's films that come out that, or there's uh, specs that go out and it's like, you know, you'll see if you're reading a... Uh, like uh, if you see something on a tracking board or if you read something, you're like, so-and-so is attached to it. And you're like, well, how the hell did that happen? And usually it's because of this process where you go out and you're like, I'm going to try to package so-and-so and get them a part of the film and and then try to sell it. Yeah. So your agent's doing all of that work really for you. Yeah. Um, okay. So packaging is interesting, I think, because sometimes too, packaging can hurt your project. Like if you're you get so-and-so like you get Emily Blunt attached to your script. Well, for some reason, Netflix doesn't like Emily Blunt, yeah. which I don't know if is the case. I'm just yeah, saying yeah, yeah. as my way of example, like suddenly that now hurts your, your project. So there's all these like weird hurdles and obstacles and sort of double-edged swords and packaging, I think. But yeah, so your script was an action comedy. Yep. I could see you needing like, Oh, like, if we get this really great actress, I can see now how this is a hit movie. Yeah. So they went out to this girl, this woman, um, and she, do they only go to one actress or they went to a few? A few. Okay. Did they, I'm assuming they did not read it in this, on the same week, like over the same weekend. No, it's okay. killing me. So yeah, so you would have to send it, you're like your script's ready, you're ready to go, you send it to the first actress, you have to wait for her to read it. It takes how long? Like a week. And that, I feel like that's pretty good. Like a week no, yeah, to get I'm someone saying, to read yeah, is like yeah, yeah. fast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, so it takes a week and you get a no, no thank you, not interested. Now you have to go to the next actor. So it could take yeah. 
a whole other couple months even yeah. before your script, you even know if you're ready to go out to producers. Yeah. In a way, I feel like there's two different routes where you have like the quick sale, which I which aren't as common anymore in the sense of like you write something, you quickly build up all this momentum and now everyone wants to be a part of it. And it's like your your team creates this like momentum that if you don't get involved with this right now, you're going to lose. You're going to like be left behind. And I can tell you like a spec from uh, like two years ago, it's still kind of kicking around in the sense where every once in a while, like my manager will be like, Hey, Netflix inquired and we're trying to, or something, or like, we're going to send it to this actor. And it happened, um, like an actress will read it and she passes or whatever, you know? Oh, interesting. So it could get new life just randomly. New life. Yeah. I love hearing that. Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So for this, this one, you went to four actresses, you said, did I make that number up? Uh, I think we went to, so we went to these two actresses and both of them had interest in the general idea. And I had gotten word that one of them was like really, really into it. And if this one basically signed on to it, then, uh, a studio was going to purchase it. Right. It was contingent on her being involved with the script. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that was on a Friday and I specifically remember having the conversation where I was told kind of like by my reps who were like, we know we don't really say this too often, but we're feeling like really good. And I was like, oh my God, like this is great. And, uh, and I was just really excited about it. And then by like Monday, it had blown up and she was out. Oh, and man. so that was like the, I don't remember in the process where it was, but it was like the crushing blow to the, the spec. And, the script itself, yeah. And what is kind of going back to what you were saying about how it could hurt. Like, I don't necessarily think it hurt, but at the same time, it kind of takes the focus off of trying to sell it because you're like, in this case, I think what happened was we had this actress and then this one studio was going to purchase it. And, and I don't know if we kind of shifted all of our eggs into one basket and we're like, this is it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, it kind of like wiped it from my memory, Men in Black style. Sorry. Sorry to bring it back. No, it's great to talk about <laughs> That's, that's kind of what we're supposed to be doing. But yeah, so. Well, okay. So kind of jumping off of that sad ending to that yeah. script, um, what ended up happening? So it didn't sell, but a ton yeah. of people in the in the business read it. Yes. So what happened after that? So then after that, what happened was, uh, what typically happens as far as I understand is then you just go out on meetings to every single place that passed where... Those are the conversations that were like, who ended up buying your, your, your script? And so you sit down, you have the general with uh, maybe a producer at the company, the creative executive at the company. Like it just depends on how low you are in the, uh, on the totem pole. <laughs> <Right>. but, uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, you sit down, you talk with someone and then, uh, which is great, which is something I actually love and which is some, a benefit of just writing a spec. So let's, because let's just say you don't do anything, then nothing will happen. But if you write this spec and you take it out into the world and nothing ends up happening with it financially, you still end up meeting certain people. And there's certain people I've met who, you know, you stay in contact with and then you kind of get put on their radar for other projects. And, you know, a lot of times these meetings can be superficial and you sit down and you're like, well, let's find something to work on. And I'm like, okay, and you're like, let's do it. And it never, like nothing ever comes of it. Sure. A lot of times you can sit down with these people in generals and they'll ask you to like write another spec. They're like, I have this idea that you might want to write. Yeah. Um, 
which is really funny. This is really Do you funny. tend to be attracted to that? Or are you like, no, I want to only write my original. If I'm going to write on spec, might as well be my idea. I'm open to it. Yeah. But I'm not like, I, I there's a time that um, uh, I had sat down with a company. Someone had pitched me an idea off of a general meeting that I had. And uh, someone that we actually know. And I ended up writing something with him. Mm -hmm. And then he ended up like leaving the company. And basically nothing happened. Yeah. That, that was the, the show. Well, I mean, that's that's a that's like a an obstacle to be aware of is yeah. people leave their companies all the time. They're all trying the time. to get promoted or they just want a different. And suddenly this producer is attached to your spec and they may be not attached to a company now or they're at a company that's not going to do that kind of work. Yeah. So it, that is something to think about when you're trying to develop a spec with another producer rather yeah. than on your own. Yeah. Because is that one just dead? Do it's you guys dead. take that out as a sample at all? No. I don't even think my manager knows it exists. Oh, gosh. I know. I kind of wiped it from my memory as well. Yeah. There's some stuff that happened to that company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that company was, was a slight victim of current times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Where else? What, did, did we cover all the specs? I think so. I feel like because you're you're like the spec guy. Um, do you feel like you have anything like words of words of wisdom? Words of wisdom, or just like warning? I don't know. Like to people who are thinking about writing a spec, or um, yeah, but well, about writing a spec. This is what I would say. I love specs because of what they can do for you, and because of the potential behind it. In fact, my super secret spec, as you know, it's like. And this is something we actually didn't touch on is um, it's just going to be a sample. Like it's just, a, that's it. It's just to get meetings. I'm literally wrote it just to like write it and spew it out of my system because mm. it could literally never be made because there's so many IP issues with it that it's just, it's just not going to happen. Right. Um, Which is by the way, a really viable way of going about a career choice. Yeah. Um, to be honest, like I've definitely heard of a ton of people who wrote a really controversial spec that they knew would not get made it would just be impossible to get made because usually it's an ip issue yeah. or it's just like so bizarre that it's too risky for a studio to make but it's like there's so much buzz created around this script and so many people read it suddenly you're getting a ton of meetings and you're now the person attached to this next big movie at universal yeah just because of that so it is worth your time even though you feel like maybe it's too i don't know it's not yeah. it's not actually gonna sell yeah, for sure. I mean, I've, and like you look at things like, uh, just like I remember I read something about Max Landis. Like, he, someone wrote a script about Max Landis. Right. It was called like <laughs> Laxmandis or something. Or Ma Wait, Max, what point being is that that shit's never going to get made. Yeah. Like, it, it's absurd to write something like that, but it got passed around and people talk. I know the name of it, you know? And, yeah. um, but I will say on the flip to that is I once worked at a company that had worked on the Terminator films. And the company would regularly receive literally like spec scripts of like what the next Terminator movie should be. Right. And it was so absurd. And even everyone was like, oh my gosh. And like they wouldn't read it. They couldn't read it. So it would just get trashed. And I would say if you're writing a spec, don't spend your time writing the sequel to Terminator. Make it more so like, set in a world adjacent to Terminator or something right. like where you can kind of like find a clever way to go into yeah. it. I think that's a real, that's really good advice because yes, I've definitely seen that as well. And you just can't read those scripts because they're too close to your thing. But currently like the next John Wick movie is going to be 
based after a spec that had nothing to do with the John Wick universe. Yeah. Um, but it was it was out there as a female-led action movie yeah. that people read and were like, oh, we could fold this into the John Wick universe. And suddenly that's what that script is. But it wasn't intended ever to be that. It was just a really good action yeah. Spec. No, for sure. Um, I think J.J. Abrams does that a lot from what I hear. Um, from that what he, you hear about J.J.? <laughs> yeah. That he, he's, they're, they're very big on like finding, finding new voices that work in the sort of sci-fi fantasy grounded realm. Yeah. And then they like to fold it into whatever universe they're working on. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And I, I think if you, if you're writing a spec, then you just... I mean, this sounds cheesy, but you have to be passionate about it. You have to believe in it because of all the time you're going to spend doing it. And I've written, for me personally, the specs that kind of had been the best for me have been specs that kind of came from a place of like my heart where I'm like, I need to write this because this is really awesome or like this speaks to me. Or Yeah, I love hearing that because I definitely get stuck in a place where like my manager, we're going to have a meeting next week about what my next spec is and I'm going to be writing over the holidays. Great. And she is so, because she's not a writer, she's so sort of formulaic in the way she thinks about things, which is great because I don't think that way. So it is nice to have that opinion. But on the other hand, I'm, I'm not getting what you're getting, for example. Like that just burst of inspiration, um, just writing furiously at 1 a.m. in the morning because I need to get it out. Like I'm not finding that it feels like this more what is what is you know what does netflix want what is universal yeah. looking for how do we write that thing that's your version of this story and that's just not inspiring and so like why waste your time on a spec because as you pointed out early um in the podcast like my my spec writing has sort of fizzled out because i'm just sort of I, like not as impassioned i didn't mean to point it out it's totally it's a good thing it's totally true it's great no but well and what i'll what i'll also say about specs is what i'll do in particular is like with you guys with writers group i'll like test the idea out on you like if there's general the same enthusiasm that i have then i know i'm kind of on the right path man you're making me want to find you're like you're i'm I'm inspired right now you're gonna write i'm gonna go home right now and try and find a my new spec idea what do you mean you have the spec idea (laughs) Yeah, from, last, spec from last Christmas. I'm still trying to finish. <laughs> so yeah, if you guys have any questions about <laughs> specs or you know anything that we talked about, definitely let us know. But that's sort of what we have to say about specs. Before we go, here's the quote of the day. Start writing no matter what. The water does not flow until the faucet is turned on. And that's by Louis L'Amour. Louis L'Amour.